Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making coastal Mississippi such a great place to live, work, and play. One of the people we celebrate every Friday is Jeff Duncan. Jeff Duncan. He doesn't even live here. He wants to live here. But he makes such a great contribution to helping us enjoy the New Orleans Saints. And gosh, Jeff, welcome, first of all, to Coast, back to Coast View on what I call Jeff Duncan Day. Uh, but man, man, man. We needed some help, and we didn't get it. Yeah, it's kind of disappointing end of the season, an, an abrupt end, right? I mean, it looked like they were going to get in, and then the rug pulled out from under the Saints by that outcome out in Los Angeles. So disappointing, but you had to be happy with winning four of the final five games. You kind of go into the offseason feeling good about the direction of the team, and it's always good, for I think, for Saints fans to beat the Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good for sure. Yeah, I mean, you, you had a feeling for a good long time during that game that we were getting the help we needed, and then um, as it got, it's almost like a it's almost like a bad novel in a way because as the Saints game came to an end, then the other game was now you know in, in our market and we were able to watch it. I'm sure the Saints were probably watching it in the locker room. And then uh, you just saw, you just saw, you felt it coming, going down the drain, man. It was just like, it what, It hasn't happened yet, but boy, it just you just saw it coming like a freight train, the lights ahead of you. You had that feeling too, didn't you? Yeah, Ricky, you could just see in that game, uh, the 49ers were just in the Rams' heads. I mean, they've won six in a row. I think they feel uber confident when they play. The Rams, they match up well. It's kind of like the Saints-Bucks. I, I just think it's one of those things where they, the Rams do not match up well with the 49ers, and both teams know it, and you can just see the body language that the 49ers had the confidence they were going to pull that game out, and the Rams didn't. Uh, I think the 49 I said this in the you know this past weekend. I felt like whoever got in between the Saints and 49ers, whoever got that final spot, is going to be a really tough out. Uh, for teams. They're both teams are well coached. They're both physical. They have good lines. Uh, and sure, sure enough, Dallas drew the 49ers. And I think that game, I like both those teams a lot. Uh, so I think whoever wins that game could go all the way to the Super Bowl. I really believe that. Well, the, the big, uh, sort of the big, uh, I, I would say unknown about that, about the San Francisco uh, game was whether Garoppolo was going to be able to play healthy. Man, he, he didn't seem to have much of an indication of a thumb injury, did he? No, he played lights out. I mean, they're championing his performance out in San Francisco. I mean, it's maybe the best performance of his career. He threw for over 300 yards and, and pulled out that game down the stretch, made all the big passes when the game was on the line, when it looked like the Rams had you know gotten ahead by seven. I mean, Ricky, they're... they're a win probability, the Rams, once the 49ers punted again inside two minutes with no timeouts left um, and got the ball back at their own 12, the win probability of the Rams was 98.8%. So, <laughs> you know, for the Saints to see that game slip away from the Rams was just very cruel and heartbreaking when uh, really all they had to do was make one key play in that drive. And Jimmy Garoppolo made all the big plays. 
He did. Hey, Jeff, you and I didn't talk about this, but you wrote at the end of 2021, coming into 2022, you wrote this like really extensive column with all these predictions. I remember I remember thinking, wow, you know, scores in games and trades that are going to get made and all these uh, dynamic things. But one of your predictions was the Saints were going to get Garoppolo. Did I remember that right? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's basically just an educated guess. I think the Saints are going to be in the quarterback market this offseason. Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, he has one more year on his contract in San Francisco, but they made a significant investment in Trey Lance the rookie on their team right now. They traded three first-round draft picks to get Trey Lance, and I just don't think they can keep both those guys next year. So it's kind of an educated guess that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be available, and I'm not the only one that thinks that. People in San Francisco think they'll move on from Jimmy G in this offseason, which will be interesting, Ricky. I mean, if he leads them deep in the playoffs, I don't know how you can get rid of the guy, but uh, that's just the world we're in right now with the salary cap, and we know that Sean Payton and the Saints like Jimmy Garoppolo. They, they wanted to draft him coming out of Eastern Illinois. He got the same alma mater as Sean Payton, Eastern Illinois. So he broke all of Sean Payton's passing records at Eastern Illinois. So there's an interest there that goes way back, and he's a proven NFL starter, and I think that's what the Saints are going to want. With this roster they've got right now, they're ready to win right now. They just need a quarterback that can lead them. Um, and they've got so many questions right now with both Jameis Winston and now Taysom Hill coming off season-ending injuries really makes that thing kind of wide open. Wow, wow, wow. And you know what? So, I mean, it's almost like um, an exclamation point to our season that uh, Taysom Hill was having such a great game. I mean, he was really playing well before his foot injury. Yeah, and that's the best I've and we seen did- him, right? I mean, didn't you think it was the best – He's looked all year. Unbelievable. Wouldn't it have been great to let him play? I mean, if he could have just not gotten injured and play the rest of the play the play the rest of the game. We were I mean, what I mean, it was like for the first time you just felt like all the pieces were in sync. They were actually catching his balls. He was throwing so precisely. He was making good decisions. The running game was on. He was getting protected. I mean, can can adding one one tackle make that much difference? Well, it certainly helps. Ryan Ramchek is a, is the best offensive lineman the Saints have. He's an all-pro. But I think it had more to do with Atlanta's front seven's really weak. <laughs> so yeah. the yeah. Saints, it's a combination of – he had – and you're right, he had all kinds of time, and the pocket was, was clean, as they say. So I think he was very comfortable and was able to expose uh, Atlanta in the passing game. But uh, I, that's not going to be the case all the time. Uh, they're going to play much better defensive lines than Atlanta. That, that's a big weakness for them. I think they're in the bottom five in the league in pass rush. Hey, I read, a, I read an article this morning on the type of injury that Taysom got. It's a foot injury. And uh, and, I, and actually, I learned that he had had this kind of injury before. The average number of games that a player is out with this particular injury is 10 games. It's not one of these kind of injuries that you just bounce back from. It takes your, your months in a cast or whatever. And then the recovery is pretty significant in terms of time. Now, they also say that that this is not the kind of injury that lingers once it's fixed. It, it you know, you can come back and you can play well and whatever. But what are people saying about that injury internally? Well, it all depends on the severity of it. Uh, you know, there's different uh, degrees of a lizard. 
Frank injury. Uh, it definitely is not a good injury to get. He had this in his other foot uh, during his, I think it was his junior year at Brigham Young. Uh, so he knew exactly what he'd done w- when he did it. You could tell. And uh, it, it's an injury that requires surgery most of the time, not all the time. But in this case, it sounds like a Taysom's going to have to have surgery on it to repair it. It's basically in the, the arch of your foot where your toes kind of join that arch, that upper arch. And there's a, a tendons in there and bones. And when you rupture or tear those tendons, you lose the ability to push off. And that's what happened. And you have to go in and repair the, uh, the tendons and the bones, often with screws and metal plates. So the insertion of that hardware, uh, you know, fuses the joint again, allows it to stabilize. And then they'll have to have a second procedure to come in and take all that hardware back out. So it's usually about a six to 10 month recovery. But because it happened in the very last game of the season, it, it really couldn't happen at a better time because he's got the entire offseason now to rehab and potentially get back for the start of training camp. So I do think the timing of it, uh, you know, could have probably was about as good as it could be. But you have to take that in mind, Ricky. If the Saints would have gotten in the playoffs, Taysom Hill wasn't going to be playing. It was going to be Trevor mm-hmm. Simeon. And so, you know, let's, you know, look, he played well when he came in against the Falcons, but that was the Falcons. That wasn't the Rams that he was going to be playing against with Aaron Donald in that front seven. So I think in all things considered, the Saints probably took this thing about as far as they could. Well, when you, can, when you think about this team, man, I mean, boy, the defense played well down the stretch. Uh, are we going to be able to keep the defense intact for next year? It's a good question. Uh, I think most of the players will be back, uh, but there's some key questions. Uh, a couple of key guys are going to be free agents. Marcus Williams, the safety. Uh, Quan Alexander, the linebacker, played really well in the second half of the year. Uh, you've also got Malcolm Jenkins, who's under contract, but has kind of a ballooning contract that the Saints are going to have to address. I think those are the three key guys. Marcus Davenport is under contract for one more year. But the Saints are going to have to consider what do they do with him long term, along with Marcus Williams, who's a young player, uh, a guy that I know they value uh, at safety, but is going to demand a major contract on the open market. I think the Saints will just franchise tag Marcus Williams again, keep him under contract at $13 million. So they got a lot of big decisions to make in the offseason, but the core of that defense should be back. Well, that that would be good news. When we when we come back, I want to talk about what we'll, we'll, we'll talk about any other lingering issues as it relates to the defense. We'll talk about the offense, how much you know, what what do we expect to happen there, and some lingering salary cap issues that we just got to continue to deal with. This year was monumental. It's amazing they did what they were able to do. But when we come back, we'll continue the conversation with, with Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times Picayune. Subscribe for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. 
Welcome back to Coach View. We have Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times Picayune. He's here every Friday. And uh, he's even here during the offseason. We talk about a wide range of sporting issues. And uh, right now it's the Saints. You know, Jeff, I like to say to you and to the audience and to my friends that when the Saints lose, I don't want to read much about the Saints in the following week. But when they win, I want to read a lot about it. And in this particular case, since we didn't get help, they still won the game. I wonder sort of what I was going to feel like. I, I felt the letdown. I was, I was certainly disappointed. I really looked forward to this team that was finally getting players back and building momentum. I really looked forward to getting, uh, get, you know, get, watching them get into the, uh, in the playoffs, which they didn't do. But my feeling is I'm still proud of the team. I don't, I don't, I, I'm let down because we didn't get the help. But, man, 58 starters and all, I mean, NFL record, all the things they had to face this year, I mean, you can't help but come out of this saying, man, they played a hell of a year. Yeah, I agree. All the adversity that they overcame and never really made any excuses about it. That's what I like. They never played the victim card, never pointed fingers. They stayed together, and that's a testament so the leadership uh, you know, on the field, with the leaders in that locker room, and also the leadership of the coaching staff and the, the front office, it really is part of the culture that's been kind of fostered by Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton, all the way down through guys like Demario Davis and Cam Jordan and Teron Armstead. Uh, this team is pretty uh, resilient, and we saw that this year to finish 9-8. and eight, uh, when you're going through quarterback issues and, and offensive line issues, I mean, those are very critical areas on a football team. And I thought the Saints uh, showed their mettle this year. And there's a reason to have optimism. They've won four of their last five games. Most of their key core is going to be back. Uh, this coaching staff, I think, will be back. So uh, a lot of, a lot of, I think, reasons to feel good about 2022. There, there's a lot to feel good about. And you and I have talked about it. I mean, we won't go back into it again, but from the top of the organization with Dennis Lashaw as president and then Mickey Loomis as general manager and Sean Payton and ownership. And, you know, these are people who don't have big egos. They're, they're just, they, they are just absolutely hyper-focused, monomaniacs on a mission to win. And they built an organization around that. You know all those people. And we are, we're so lucky to have that. And it, it, that helps sort of bridge the gap from one season to the next. You look at the turmoil in the in the NFL right now with all I mean not just coaches but general managers being fired left and right. The stability we bring given the challenges we have with salary cap and all the issues we have to face with keeping the team, the team intact. Man, we're lucky to be able to have consistent ownership, aren't we? Yeah, I think it should engender a lot of confidence that what issues the Saints do face each offseason. And you're always going to have change, not only in the roster, but probably some coaches are going to be promoted, find other jobs. We, we might see Jeff Ireland, the, the tremendous player personnel director. We might see him be plucked away to be a general manager. Those things are going to happen. So you have to have confidence that the you mentioned the stability, that the, the brain trust is going to have uh, the wherewithal and the uh, you know in- intelligence to make the right hires to replace those key people that have done so well here because it's going to happen when you're successful like the Saints, people are going to want to hire your best people away. You're going to lose free agent players, and it comes down to the brain trust to make those decisions on um, moving forward. And, and I think the Saints have enough coming back uh, and core in, in the coaching staff and the roster 
to where they can withstand whatever losses they're going to you know incur. You mentioned Ireland, and we've talked about him before. He's terrific. There's a good chance we'll lose Dennis Allen, don't you think? Well, you know, he hasn't gotten an interview yet. Now, that, that's interesting to me. I don't understand it, but I, I think he's going to get some interviews. I mean, there's seven openings, I think, in the league right now. I'll be shocked if Dennis doesn't at least get an interview, but there's a lot of competitive situations. And look, Dennis, I think, would be the successor to Sean Payton if Sean Payton were to leave for some reason, or if he decided to retire, he just burnt out or whatever. If something like that happened, I think Dennis Allen would get promoted uh, in a minute to be his replacement. So there might be some of that around the league, wondering if he's just biding his time until he can step in and become the head coach of the Saints. Well, we've again, we're a resilient team. And we went into this season, you said it from the very beginning, that the salary cap issues, all the renegotiations and restructurings, and so they had to let some good players go, and all the things they had to do to get within that salary cap because of some of that brought to the, the forefront by COVID and some of just reality of the salary cap. But um, but you said that we were going to have the starting lineup is going to be pretty strong, but with some exceptions. I mean, we we were worried about about Michael Thomas and what what that would what what impact that would have, et cetera. But that once you get you know to second and third stringers, it was going to be a challenge for us this year, and that turned out sort of be the headline on the season, didn't it? Yeah, this team really needed everything to kind of go right because they didn't have the depth of past teams because of that offseason kind of roster salary cap purge, and uh, they needed to stay healthy, and the exact opposite happened. And so you kind of had the worst-case scenario play out, and uh, the Saints managed, like we said, to – overcome it. I mean, they started, they were 5-2, and two, had a good start, and then all those injuries piled up, the COVID infections, suspensions, all hit at one time, and, and they had a five-game losing streak and ultimately couldn't overcome that. But to win four of your last five, I think there's reason to feel good about the way things played out and um, to feel good about the future. You know, Simeon came in, he comes in as a, like, during the game as a great feeling. We saw that this past week, but he didn't do well as a starter, and it would have been interesting if we would have had Taysom Hill in there. But I bet what they were doing, they were looking at you know the, the, the various injuries, particularly with Kamara and others, and said, we need to keep him in that Swiss Army knife role. Of course, then he got injured, of course, and we had challenges with that. But you know, what would it have been if Taysom Hill had been the starter from the moment that, uh, that Jameis got hurt? Yeah, they might have had a better shot for sure. And I think if Taysom Hill would have stayed healthy and the Saints would have gotten in the playoffs, they'd have been a very difficult out for anybody, especially the Rams. I think the Saints kind of found an identity when Taysom Hill was in there as a running quarterback, a guy that you know can control the clock, that can move the chains. Yeah. And he was passing the ball much better. So there's a lot of reasons to like what he did. But I also think the Saints know this quarterback position, especially now that Taysom Hill's hurt, Jameis Winston's hurt. They, that's their top priority this offseason. They've got to figure that out. And, and I think that'll be what Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis and Jeff Ireland spend many hours discussing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, once again, Jameis was just finally settling down and finding his new role after all the work he did last year and then the offseason. And, and then he gets hurt. And uh, you know, I don't know. I, my gut tells me they won't go into the next season with what we have on the roster right now, they're going to find somebody. Is that what your gut tells you too? 
Well, I think they'll try. Now, whether those those options you know, become available, uh, we'll see. There's always things that happen you don't anticipate. But I think the Saints understand this roster, defensively especially, uh, and assuming Mike Thomas comes back healthy, you've got Alvin Kamara, the offensive line will return mostly intact. Uh, this roster is ready to, to win. Uh, so I don't see them deciding to go into the, the draft to solve their quarterback issue. Maybe they draft a quarterback, but I think they would rather have a veteran that can step in, a proven winner. Now, where do you find that? The, the problem, Ricky, is everyone's looking for that. So good, good quarterbacks usually don't become available. It's, it's a quarterback-driven league. So guys like, you know, we hear all this talk right now about Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I just find, in my experience, that's a lot of pie-in-the-sky offseason speculation. Very rarely do those guys get out of the building. I'll be surprised if either one of them becomes available, to be honest with you. Yeah, watching Aaron Rodgers this year at times has been painful just in terms of his off, you know, off the field sort of dramatics. But on the field, man, he it's hard to deny he, how good he is. He's so dang good, isn't he? Probably going to win back-to-back MVPs. It's going to be him or Tom Brady. Uh, and he's put up numbers that really we haven't seen in NFL history as far as efficiency, touchdown to interception ratios. Yes, he's an amazing, amazing player, and they're going to be very, very much a, a Super Bowl contender this year, having to go, teams have to go to Green Bay and beat them in Lambeau Field and those conditions. Uh, uh, they're going to be tough. You know, it's a, you, you can't help but reflect about that first seat, that first game <laughs> yeah. between Green Bay and the Saints and how Saints played them so hard, and the whole world, especially Green Bay, was down on Aaron Rodgers at that time, say it had he'd given up because he didn't want to be with the team anymore. And look where he is today. Good Lord, what a turn of events. I, you know, Sean Payton referenced that the other day. We were talking to him. He said, you know, felt like that game was about two and a half years ago. It really did. The Saints went through so much. Such a turbulent roller coaster ride. Uh, that game, 38-3, to the Saints beat them. And the Saints showed their potential. They beat the Patriots, the Packers, the Bucks twice. Despite all their adversity and, and, and attrition, they they showed just how how well coached they are more than anything else. Yeah, in a lot of ways it was frustrating, but in a lot of ways this this team this year was an inspiring team because of the adversity they had to deal with. But just been ter- terrific, kind of catching up with you about the game. Uh, look forward to uh, you know already playoffs beginning, and we'll uh, we'll stay in touch with you next week and see see where we go from here. So look forward to ch- chatting with you next week. All right, Ricky, have a great weekend, everybody, and uh, look forward to talking to you next week, Rick. Uh, okay, buddy, we appreciate you. When we come back, we'll uh, talk to Linda Hornsby. We'll see you after this break. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.